Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Mysticons, which we're getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by April Collins. Hello! Today, April and I are talking Mysticons episode 35, Heart of Stone, that aired yesterday on Nicktoons, and Mysticons' new time slot of 9.30am, Saturdays on Nicktoons. And there was actually a promo, which Mysticons was included, about uh, Nicktoons' new Saturday lineup while we were watching, and uh, yeah, so. I'm glad we could get that in, you know, at the end of the... <laughs> Finally, <laughs> right when it's too late, we are advertising this show, yeah, that's great. Perfect. Yeah, it's good timing, Nick. Um, but Nick's episode's still not on Nick.com's website. Nick, if you are listening, which you're not, please put the episodes up. Anyway, um, let's, we're talking Heart of Stone. Make sure you've seen this episode. Uh, spoilers for this and all previous episodes of Mysticons. We talk Mysticons every... Week that is new here on the Overly Animated Podcast. Find us at OverlyAnimated.com or search for Mysticons on iTunes or on our YouTube channel at OverlyAnimated.com slash YouTube to not miss any of our future Mysticons podcasts. Um, yep, so let's get into Heart of Stone. April, what did you think of this episode? So, I don't know why, but I thought I was going to not enjoy this episode. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I actually really loved it. It had a lot of really good, like, moments. And I think, like, the, there was a lot of one liners that I, I was just like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe we said that kind of stuff. But <laughs> like, and, uh, first off, Diva is still bad. <sighs> so. Sad face emoji. emoji yeah. <laughs> but I was really disappointed with that. And because I was like, yes, like this is going to be the thing that we're doing. Like we're turning all of the Vexicons into good people, but apparently not. Um, and Eartha is a gem. And I chose that word appropriately, I think. Um, <laughs> because like, she's just she's just great but then at the same time like and then em is also amazing like i it makes me sad because em's my favorite character but i also wish that we could have episodes like this for like piper but it doesn't matter because em is so sweet and innocent she just wants everyone to be good and that's all i want for her um but uh like and we got Tasma, some more Tasma. Love, love me some Tasma. And I think this whole mess could have been avoided at the end if M's brothers just didn't exist. But <laughs> wow, shots fired at M's brothers. <laughs> well, okay, they were like, like obviously her parents have some Gollum issues they need to work out because they're Gaulists, or I don't know what Gaulists. like. It's my, I came up with that instead of calling them racist, I figured Gaullist was better. Um, But, um, because, you know, they don't like Gollums, right? (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk extensively about that. But yeah, so the the brothers tell the, the, and they gather the angry mob and yeah, that's that's how the, Mm -hmm. the day is ruined. That is how the day is ruined. So thanks a lot, M's brothers. I don't even remember your names because that's how little you mean to me right now. Wow. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they say the names this episode, but uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you, you enjoyed it? Did it was a good episode in my opinion? Yeah, um, yeah. I think this is a very good episode of the show. It's it's really solid. Um, it's it's this uh, nice self contained story. I really like episodes like this that um, are are very focused and uh, it's it, it has a lot of like thematic depth to it. Um, with you know the prejudice, the uh, prejudice with relations to with relation to like your parents, like that was I feel like the a, a pretty deep theme um, to to cover here. 
and uh, it's it's there's a lot of of great comedic moments, um, especially with Tasma once again. Um, and it's it's great to go back to M's hometown, and and uh, I think we got a lot of great scenes there. The climax in the dwarven mill. Um, I think that that was a wonderful, I, I think, new location. Like, it was a gorgeous background. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a really solid episode. I think, like, from an overall perspective of the show, it's frustrating because, like, we want it to end with, uh, with Earth a good. We want, like, something happening here. Um, right. you know, this is the sixth to last episode of the show. Like, I want some progress. Um, and for Earth and not to be good at the end. Although, like, I think on first viewing, when I was watching it live, I was very, very frustrated with the ending because it's not, like, obvious what's happening. It's like, okay, Earth is bad. But then there's a little bit of depth to it. You know, she's her her heart's going glowing gold. There's some, like, thematic uh, connection to uh, M having an effect on her, although it's really not clear what if, what type of effect that is. Um, yeah, I, w- I was really confused with that, too. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, like, I think that's why that's why it's frustrating but on the other hand it is really like it was really well done like the mu- the music uh is is really different in that scene and the uh the, gl- the glowing and uh going from eartha to m I-, I think it really comes together well um even if it doesn't necessarily mean anything to us story-wise what's happening there like it-, it thematically i think it really resonates um so yeah it's it's like it, it, I was a little a little frustrated first doing, but when I del- delved into it more, it is just a really really solid episode, and I do think it's one of the yeah. better M episodes we've gotten in a long time. Like I think I this think, is maybe yeah. the best in season one for M. I think it is too. Like I thought this was a great episode for M, especially like I don't know, like there's a lot of really good moments for her throughout the episode. Like her, you know, like even in the beginning, like with her and Eartha like fighting, or you know, during that opening action sequence and everything like that. Like <clears throat> she has like her humorous parts where she's just like, yeah, like I'm doing the night voice again, kind of thing, um, which is just adorable. But then like. Like, all the way through, like, with her kind of, I guess, standing up to her parents and sort of approaching that topic. And then even at the end where she's just like, she's like, I don't know, like, if we can ever, like, make people be good. Like, maybe there's just some people who there isn't good inside of them. And then they're like, oh, no, like, we really do think you had a, like, you changed her just a little bit, even if it's a little bit. You know, like, I like good. It's kind of heartwarming in that sense. So, yeah, I think I think the last yeah the last uh, minute or two was was very well done. Um, with uh, also Piper is burping in the last two minutes, but that's fine. Yes, um, and <laughs> need, need to get that in there clearly. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it I do think it comes together well. Like I have some, I, I guess I have some issues with how this like prejudice plotline is presented. I think that's the main thing I want to get into because that's like the thematic uh, depth of of the episode is. Um, we we having we're having the classic fantasy discrimination uh prejudice uh yes. thing going on with like oh humans hate elves um in this case it's uh it's dwarves apparently hate golems um and i think like on one hand it's obviously realistic that in a fantasy world there would be similar like types of, of prejudice against groups from other groups that this would exist like i'm not saying it's not realistic but i think for me with these plot lines the issue is always that it's you we're you know we're human so we we parallel it to <laughs> our world um so when i see uh like dwarves um hating uh dwarves being racist against golems i think like how does this relate to racism in our world and i think that's tricky because they're not attempting to make a direct parallel here but i think it's i think it is inevitable 
Like for me, yeah. like, you can't just you can't just make this prejudice plotline. And this is not just missed guns. This is like tons of fantasy like RPGs and and uh, like every every JRPG has this and and uh, all fantasy shows and stuff. They have these discrimination plotlines and like they want to like make it separate, like not have it be a parallel to racism in the United States, but like. It's, it is, it, but like, it is, it, you can't, I feel like you can't do this, at least for me watching it, I can't not connect it. Well, and the other thing I guess that's kind of bothersome about it too, is it's almost like there's a a trope with like, a t- like touching on these like prejudices and things like that. And it's usually that like, oh, it's the kid trying to change the parent's mind kind of thing. And like the parents are just like overtly prejudiced against whatever group. And then like... Somehow in the end, like, it, it, it's not even resolved necessarily in the end. They're just like, oh, well, we're going to help Eartha out because she, like, because maybe she's not so bad. But even then, like, it's not like one of those things where, like, oh, yeah, like, our mind has changed or, you know, like, it's, like, overtly let. And if, if they did say that at the end, it, I didn't catch it, because which is kind of even more sad if you think about it, because, like, that's the whole, like, thing that we're touching on in this, like, episode. Not so much that we're just, um, you know, trying to make Eartha good, but we're addressing this, like, prejudice, um, you know, within a group of people. But it's, like, even in the end of it, it's not necessarily resolved. I, I see. I like that. I guess um, that's the part that worked for me with the parents. The parents, I think, is the is the best part of the episode, at least thematically, because um, I think it was really deep that we got into. M M is uh, my parents raised me to be tolerant, and then they're still like these <laughs> racist, racist jerks. Um, like that's like super realistic. I no, like. that's like it's realistic, but at the same time, like it's still a little bit like tropey. And I guess like it makes sense considering like. It, you know, not necessarily that this is a kid show, but it's always one of those things where, like, our generation wants to be better than our parents. And so it's like, well, look, here are more parents who are being, like, terrible people. And <laughs> so you got to be tolerant and do all of these things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It just seems like it's just a trope that I just keep, like, picking out of other places or and it's like okay so we have the the kids who are trying to make a difference but then the parents are so like backwards if that makes sense okay (laughs) yeah i I think it's a good point that this has definitely been done before with uh the you know the kid is is not racist and the parents are racist i would i would argue that the wrinkle um that this episode brings that i haven't necessarily seen presented or at least presented as well as was presented in the in heart of stone um, is, is that like, there, and was like, oh, my parents are different. And, and like, they, they like no, are girl. supposed to be, uh, <laughs> like, like they're not like this, um, this just like overtly racist, um, like, uh, more so than, or more so, or, uh, in equivalent to the rest of their peoples. Like, they're supposed to be like the tolerant ones. And, and yet, uh, it's, it's also clear that they still have that discrimination within them. Yeah, I mean, at least they make, like, I guess they make attempts, because what is it, like, after dinner, they even, like, try and go and talk to Em about it, and they're like, hey, like, you know, we don't want, like, you know, we're trying kind of thing, but then, like, it's almost like they take a step backwards whenever the Em's brothers are like, yeah, they had, like, a diamond sword for a hand and everything like that, and then Em's mom immediately is like, everyone get your hammers like and she's like rallying the troops to like start this mob but i think 
you know, at least like in that sense that it's nice that M's parents are making an effort, even though they do take kind of like two steps back at one point. Yeah, I, f- I find all that just super realistic of how it works in our world. Like, uh, these are people who um, uh, think they have these uh, these these progressive beliefs that uh, they're like accepting of of golems. They try to teach that to their daughter. They say we're not going to like have our daughter be be this prejudiced <laughs> person. Um, but then at their core, they still are, and that comes out even though they they make o- they make outward attempts like actively. Um, mm-hmm. but, but when, but when push comes to shove, they really still are just these prejudiced people underneath. I felt like that was really well presented by the episode. You're right. That scene of them going downstairs, um, and telling him that after a dinner, um, they're like, oh, but yeah, Gollum's bad. Then they're like, oh, we didn't, we wanted to make sure you didn't, uh, think we had Gollum's. <laughs> and then I feel like the best, uh, th- the best presentation of this was, uh, in, in the climax, um, where, where M is, uh, where like uh, so Eartha you know saves them or whatever mm-hmm. um, or this is before this before Eartha saves the brothers and um, M says uh, or M's mom says she's a golem and a vexicon she'll never be good and M says I don't believe that and that's not what you raised me to believe either I thought um, that was a really good like moment I guess yeah. I think it's like the best part of the episode is, is mm-hmm. the, yeah and in I think that's just a great encapsulation of um, this tricky thing that we're trying to present. And I feel like Mysticon's maybe the biggest criticism I've, I've had against the show is that, um, at some, at various points, we haven't necessarily had enough depth. We haven't, like, attempted deep enough things narratively, thematically. Um, this is definitely an instance of us attempting and succeeding at something with a lot of thematic depth to it. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, they, they touched it and they touched it, like, very well. Like, and that, that, I think that's another reason why, like, I really enjoyed this episode was because we, we did have that, like, depth that we've kind of, um, may have been lacking and at least in recent episodes too. Um, so I really, I guess I could really appreciate the fact that, like, we were able to touch on something that's kind of a, a, you know, a hot topic, like, in the U.S. And then, like, sort of bring it together nicely. Yeah. Um, so that that was the good part. Here's the bad part, I feel like, of this, uh, <laughs> at least for me. Here's my take. Um, well, I, I said before that how I can't help but connect this to racism in our world. Um, this didn't succeed in me because... Eartha is evil. Um, like, I feel like this is the big flaw with this episode. Eartha is literally made to be evil. So if we're trying to show how, uh, like a group of, a group of people is not evil, the only golem we've ever seen on this show is literally evil. Is literally, (laughs) yeah, no, I think that's like a point that sort of falls flat too, because like, because she is, she is an evil character, and it's not because she's a golem that she's evil. It's because she was made that way. And so you're right. It it doesn't it's it doesn't look good whenever you like are at, like touching on the the topic of prejudice, and then like you're directly relating it to like an evil character. Like maybe it would have been different if it had been like someone else who wasn't evil, but no, I agree. That's kind of bothersome now that you've pointed it out. (laughs) I I feel like it's really problematic that we're touching on dwarves being racist to golems. And then the only golem we've ever seen in the show is literally evil. Like like we learned in the, we learned in this episode, we didn't know this before that there are other golems out there and presumably they are not evil. Uh, but they're just but, trying to live their lives still. <laughs> the, I, where are they? We should, if we're going to get into this, we should have shown them here. Yeah, I think that would have been better too, is if we had gotten into it outside of the Vexicons, like because 
I mean, Eartha has like her good moments and everything like that. And I think that's maybe like what they're trying to say. They're like, oh, yeah, even though she's evil, she's still nice. But like, no, now I'm really bothered by it. Thanks still. <laughs> well, yeah, like, literally insert any of our real world groups into these two categories of dwarves and, and evil Gollum. And it becomes horribly like problematic. Like I'm not claiming that that's what the show is intending to do. It's clearly not. But like getting back to what I said, but I can't help relate this to prejudice in our world. Like I feel like that's inevitable. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> so I, that, that's, I guess, my biggest issue with that part. But I think um, there's enough there with the, the relation to parents thing that it, that it does work. Yeah, I agree with that. Enough, but, enough there. <laughs> enough there. Okay, let's talk M um, more. We've already been talking here a lot because, yeah, at the end we talked about the scene where um, M's like, "I don't, I don't know. There's good never. I don't know if I believe that anymore." Um, says M, and then no, you changed it for the better. Um, Zarya says, uh, "You're you've got a, a heart of gold, you little rock rock rat." Um, yeah, instead of rug rat, rock rat, and uh, then M, uh. yeah, yeah we, we go to M. Uh, we we go to Eartha, and yeah, she has this like glowing heart. Um, so yeah, what well, I guess a lot of fans expected Eartha to become good here. We've you know, it's been the show's been very clear that Eartha's like the nice one of the Vexen. Yeah, fans. um, this has been like the most common fan theory. Like, oh, Eartha's going to be the first one to turn good. Um, so I think it's, it, you get a little bit disappointed at the end, but, uh, what about M's connection to Eartha? Like, I feel like that's what's attempting to anchor the episode rather than like what side Eartha ends up on. I feel like we're like, that doesn't matter, but it's like M's connection here with her. Um, I, did, did you get a good sense of that, uh, from the episode? I did, especially cause you know, I already talked about how like at the beginning they have the whole like, um, like the exchange where even like Eartha like picks up her sword and hands it to her and says, knights fight fair like because she's you know like there's that connection that they both feel like they're the knights of the group and so like and then like they begin to you know battle after that but then like it's kind of like that nice connection throughout and we've all we've already seen like the parallels between eartha and m um because that's who she's supposed to or that's who eartha is supposed to be but m is so good that it makes sense that you know, Eartha would still have like that good in her. So I think it was a really good connection, especially with the, the heart like glowing gold because the heart that they, they, uh, they tried to put inside of her was also gold. Whereas previously it was glowing that red evil color. Um, so I thought that was a really nice connection that sort of tied it together, like throughout the entire episode that, and it's, uh, especially because it's like, M's the one who's sticking up for Eartha the entire time too, where, you know, um Zarya's like you know like like let her turn into a pile of rubble we don't care she's the bad guy kind of situation where even and then even like Arcana has a moment where she's like no like we're the good guys like we have to save her yeah I I think this episode's the best uh encapsulation of M's empathy which is like such a huge part of her character um and it's like conveyed through her empathy for Eartha um, but it is something we've been seeing throughout the series. And, you know, M always relates to whatever nonsense uh, person is, is there. Like. <laughs> this is a common thing. Um, and so, like, her being the one to, like, having a chance of getting through to someone who's literally made to be evil, I do think is pretty powerful. And uh, it's also like that, uh, obviously, that Eartha's supposed to be the mirror image of her when it's created like that, which I haven't really commented on. Like, is it a weird Proxima that you made these people <laughs> to be weird Just versions like- of us? Yeah, like it, it's, don't don't get me started on Proxima because we'll talk about like, Proxima a little bit. There's, we got a little bit of Proxima here, but yeah, I feel like um, you know it, whether it be in relation to her parents, 
Um, and that's like a powerful component of the like um, overall thing that we get. We, the board that we got added was that, you know, she's one of these people who, uh, you know, ostensibly uh, raised to be tolerant. But still, you know, it's the pre- like has the pre- prejudice of the previous generation, like also influencing her as well and coming from prejudices from throughout her people. And uh, like that, I feel like that's a key component that we got added to her character. And it like it makes a lot of things click in and like how she's trying to be better. And um, yeah, I just I, I think it's it's it really it really just feels um, like we, this is the most depth depth we've gotten from Em in a while. I feel like we struggled with um in i guess pat like you know we had the one with her mom um a little yeah. bit ago that was a good one too but yeah I, I i got a great sense of this in relating to her and her you know her heart her heart of gold her empathy um i think that really came together well i think so as well i think it's also um like it should be pointed out too because like if you had to say of the group the main i guess like characters would be like arcania and zarya but i always feel like we've gotten the most like depth from M. Like her episodes always go deeper than like anyone else's episodes. And so it's just I mean like I feel, you know, at the sacrifice of Piper because we haven't gotten these kind of episodes for Piper, but I I like they're so deep and so good. Like I think most of M what is it? We've said throughout the entire series that M episodes are always really strong. And so this episode just sort of continues that. Yeah, that's definitely a sense we had in season one of the show early on was that Emma's the character that popped and her episodes really, really got there, especially episode six, where we, you know, see all of her hometown for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is, I think, getting us back to that point. So I I think that I think that really works. And yeah, I do think she has less of the spotlight since um, Zarya and Arcane have been the main focus. Um, And uh, her and Piper have sidelined a little bit, Piper especially, but hopefully more Piper next episode. We'll speculate on that at the end. Um, all right, let's talk the plots of, of this episode, because we do actually have some sort of advancement here, even though it's a very yeah. bottle episode. We have these uh, crystalline <laughs> rods that uh, were charging in the Undercity in the beginning. And then um, at the end, uh, Praxima uses them to make something, the symbol. The uh, symbol, yeah. Yes, the Necrofa symbol is, is back. Is she like four? I just I don't understand what we're doing. I wish we knew so bad because, like, okay, we understand that Proxima wants to destroy the Mysticons for quote unquote wronging her and making her believe that she was one of them. But like, what what is she doing? So we have these crystalline rods, but what else has she been like? Doing, yeah, is, is this what she's been up to? Like, because we don't really know what she's been up to. Yeah. <laughs> well, we still don't know what she's up to because she's got these rods and she's making the necrophis symbol. But like, why are we making the necrophis symbol? Are you trying to forge another mask? Are you like, what are you doing? Because this is the only like advance, I guess, like advancement that we've seen of her doing something. But it's it's also in our. It should be noted that she continues to talk about like sisterhood and family and all of that things which i guess like having a family has always been like her story because she's the orphan and everything Mm -hmm. like that but like what like what and where are we trying to go with this because i think that's like my biggest frustrations is because like we just don't know and even now like it's like okay we have these crystalline rods but like why <laughs> yeah I, at least in terms of of proxima's character arc i think it's clear at this point that well, the main thing we're going for is that she's she like made this family that she never had 
with the Vexicons and that the main reason that she is still mad at the Mysticons is because she thought she had that family. Um, but then she didn't really fit in like she thought she would. She thought that they betrayed her. And, uh, that's her main motivation is like having people like in her life, having the sense of family, the sense of sisterhood that she didn't get from the Mysticons. Um, I think it's interesting that the show wasn't more overt with this before, I guess. Like, uh, we it's didn't like really been in the last two episodes where we're just like, yes, sisterhood and family. Like, no, you don't ever leave family behind. Like, yeah. Yeah, the last the last episode was was very blatant with it, but I think it worked less well just because that episode was so absurd. Um, yes. But I think it works way better here. Not like a, you know, as listened to our podcast, absurd in a good way. But I think that uh, when you do some like absurdist humor, that maybe the themes don't uh, land as as much, just because we don't take anything seriously. So like, why would we take that part seriously? Um, but in this episode, like, it's the same thing in a more serious context. So I think it does land very well. Proximus talking about how, um, the Mysticons did the same thing to me. They made me feel like I belong, but it's all lies. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like her main thing. She's also like very upset at, uh, them for leaving Eartha because about sisterhood and like this is her family. So that's, that's why she cares about all that. Um, it's, yeah, I'm glad it's clear what we're doing with Proxima. <laughs> I think I still don't really care though. Um, I don't. Yeah. Like, the thing that's exciting to me is not why Proxima is constructing whatever she is, but what she is constructing. Like, that's way more interesting to me is in the context of the overall plot line of the show. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's so shroud and mystery that, like, it's like, okay, you're, like, you know, almost like preaching these family values or, or whatever. But then at the same time, like, okay, we're, what are, what are, like, what are we doing with that? You know, cause I just, I think that's so frustrating. It's, just, I, I, it baffles me because we just don't know what she's doing. Where I feel like with any villain, you have a sense of like what they're trying to accomplish, but, you know, she wants to have like this family unit, but she has it. So, you know, where, where are you going from here? Like, you want to have this family unit and destroy like the Mysticons? I don't yeah it's not it's not clear maybe she's trying to make them like her um I think it's a similar thing we did with Dreadbane in season one we don't know what he's doing Mm -hmm. uh he's building this thing we eventually learn he's trying to free Necrofa uh you kind of similar like constructing something some sort of uh getting to some point I think the difference is Dreadbane was just a comedic character mostly so like it didn't really matter whereas Proxima doesn't have that sort of appealing element to her no I don't know why I'm supposed to care about, like, I guess because we liked her before, yeah. <laughs> but I don't feel like that's anchored as well as we thought it would be. Like, I, like, I don't, like, I liked Proxima in season two, but, you know, now I, she's like, just the mask. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, it, it, I like, I feel bad because I, it, I've been pretty consistent. Like, I liked Proxima and then she turned evil and, you know, I continue to say, you know, her her reason for being evil just isn't solid enough for me. Like, I understand that she feels, I guess, like she was abandoned, but she wasn't. And so she just continues on that, like, oh, they try and make you feel like you fit in. And it's like, you at no point did you not fit in. Like, so all of your, like, angst is so, like, self-contained and you're just projecting it for, like... <clears throat> You know, I want to say no reason, but that's really harsh. But it's kind of true, in my opinion, because they even like after, you know, she, I guess, revealed 
revealed that she was evil, they were still, you know, the Mysticons were still like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like, come be with us. And that's the same thing that they did with Eartha. You know, they were like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, you can come be good with us and we'll accept you and you'll be a part of our family. So it's just, I still don't understand where she, she's getting all of this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't either, and we've gone over this before, but it's yeah. uh, yeah, it's still yeah. Still we to, continue to go over it because it's it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> still doesn't feel solid to me, but yeah, in terms of like what she's making, that that is uh, taking us towards the end game, I assume, of the show, um, and that that's very interesting. Like, where are we ultimately going? Only five episodes left. Like, what what she's building the symbol that we've associated the symbol with Necrophil before, and I think the main plot thing that has not been resolved from the show. Um, and I think that it is, uh, it's like jarring because most things kind of, uh, you have some sort of resolution to them, but in Mutiny Most Foul, um, at the end, the, the pirate up, ep- the Moon Boon pirate episode, we mm. get the symbol flashing with the, the, the pyramid or whatever it was in the monument. Yeah. Um, and it's like, ooh, some sort of ancient magic. Um, so that still like hasn't been really addressed. And I, I like it, rather than phrasing this as the Necrophe symbol, I think it's more of the spectral hand symbol. Like, I feel like probably where we're going yeah. is the spectral hand is it's some sort of ancient so, magic. It's, yeah, it's just been so associated with Necrophe that that's all that we can know right. it as. Well, I th- that's why I'm t- calling it the Necrophe symbols, because that's what the show has presented to us so far. We mm-hmm. haven't gotten that moment where it's been like, okay, it's more than Necrophe. Except the, the existence of the mask implies that, like, Necrophe was corrupted, but we still yeah. haven't, like, seen that she was someone else before that. Um yeah, it's it hasn't came together yet, so I'm I'm definitely waiting for that. Like, if, if Necrafa was someone else and the mask existed long before her, which we don't know yet, then mm-hmm. uh, this would be like a, some seat of ancient magic would be the spectral hand, and that's what she's constructing. Like, and so what's that going to do? Is that going to bring about the ultimate ancient evil? Um, that that would be very interesting. Uh, how does this relate to dragons, which is another big outstanding plot thing? I guess that's the yeah. other one, is the, the dragons thing recently. Um, I, so. I think it would just be nice if everything could like all get tied and wrapped together um, at, you know, within these last five episodes. But like the part of like, you know, potentially having Necrofa, you know, as a person before, <clears throat> I guess, you know, the evil magic or whatever um, corrupted her. I feel like we're just not going to get that like. Doesn't seem like there's enough time, yeah. No, it will, and it, it's one of those things too where I feel like we're so far removed from like the Necrofo mm. like storyline that going back to it would just be like, it would be almost pointless and it would seem very out of place. Like it, it would tie in, but at, like at this point, I would probably just be like, oh, you're just throwing it in there, like for whatever reason, kind of thing, versus like, I guess, hashing it out in a different way. Yeah, it's been a while, and there hasn't been that sort of connection throughout. Like, we've been very focused just on Proxima and the Vexicons for a while. In general, we don't need to get into this again. In general, I haven't found Proxima and the Vexicons to be a uh, big enough thing to anchor the season down. I don't think that they're that interesting. I mean, like, I like the Vexicons, but they're not, like, a main element to to, to kind of connect the season throughout. So I'm... I've really just been in limbo for 10 episodes of just waiting for us to get to something kind of better. <laughs> like, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> like, we're, yeah. what's, what's endgame here? And we, and we will be because, you know, I to- fully believe the spectral hand thing, ancient magic and dragons will all tie in together. My pitch for including the Necrofa backstory would be when we reveal that, um, this mask is uh, like the way to show that this is an ancient evil is to show originally Necrofa being corrupted. Maybe we run into, um, human Necrofa. And then we, we give her, get her like quick backstory on it. And that's the way that we know that this is deeper than Necrofa. I think, I think that would be the best way to work 
work into it. And what's, I guess, like, the only reason why I don't completely dismiss the idea, too, is also because the show has is, you know, has in the past succeeded with moving things along very quickly, you know, within just a couple of episodes, but without it feeling exhausting at the same time. And so I, you know, I can see them still working in the Necropa thing and doing it in a successful way. Though, if we do, like, if we take an entire episode to just explore, you know, that whole, um, that backstory, then I might be like, okay, this is, this is out of place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it'd be a whole episode, but I think there's a way to work it in where it's just a component of a larger story. I I actually do have full confidence that we're going to explore all the things we talked about. Maybe with the, maybe I'm not like sold that we're doing, uh, human necrofa. Um, but in terms of like working in the, uh, spectral hand and dragons, like clearly we're going to do both of those things. So very excited. We have to. to. <laughs> yeah, exci- excited to get into that in the last five episodes. Okay. Um, quickly going over the things from this episode, we didn't talk about them. We'll, uh, talk about next week. Um, yeah, we start the episode with fighting the, uh, Vexcons in the Undercity. This is one of those episodes that starts with a fight scene, like episode 10. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, that one of the Earth King episode of Avatar. It's like an always an interesting structure for starting an episode. Um, here, I t- you get why they do it here because, uh, we gotta get, uh, you gotta Eartha set captured. up the rest of it. Yeah. 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 We bring back in M's night voice. Yeah. That's before last episode. We talked about it in <laughs> last week, but before that, it had been a while since we did night voice, but we're going hard into night voice again here. I'm fine well, with that. I liked it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Diva's bad. I like Piper saying it's yuppity yup. I liked that from from Piper yep. and <laughs> Mallory's uh, frosted uh, tips. Of and then I like that she just grows her hair yeah, back. That was really good, yeah. Um, <laughs> best line of the episode, we haven't talked about it yet. My favorite line of the entire episode, Tasma, when they get back to the stronghold, <gasps> yes. says, Gosh, another prisoner? You're going to need a bigger snow globe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it might be the best Tasma snow globe line of the show so far. It's I thought a- Tasma was really great at this episode. <laughs> like- yeah, she's also trying to convince them that Earth is not going to be good, and she was right, so I feel like we should trust Tasma now. Yes, Tasma, Tasma's on our side, if she doesn't know it, but... But yeah, also, what do we get? We also need to get into Tasma in the last five episodes. No. <laughs> do you think we'll get into Tasma? Because I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I'm pretty like I'm fairly <laughs> confident she's not going to end the series in a snow globe. Also, no. we got to de- debone the parents too. Those are the two things we've been putting off. For <laughs> so a while. We need to make like a uh, what is it? A grocery list of what yeah. we want <laughs> from these last five episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think all that's happening. But yeah, Tasma. It's a, uh, it's is, a long list. It's a long list. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see what we do with that. So that was a great line, though. Um, we have, uh, Piper says, she'll die of a broken heart. Sad face emoji. Uh, Zarya says, um, happy face emoji. emoji. (laughs) Right. Okay, Zarya. Uh, yeah, that's great. More, more, uh, emoji talk. Uh, let's do that. Don't we get two sad face emojis in this episode, too? I don't know. I feel like we'll see if it's on the, as we go through. But yeah, that was, uh, bringing back the, the sad face emoji, the classic Piper line. Um, oh, one, uh, one of my other favorite moments of the episode, when we uh, ring the doorbell to, to M's home, her mom says, uh, I told you, I've already got a description to the, the Daily door. Hammer, and she's a hammer. <laughs> and she, like, she, yeah, she comes to the door with a hammer. Yeah. I was like, what are you going to do, beat them? <laughs> no, I, b- I believe you that you have the Daily Hammer subscription. I do. Okay, yeah. is the Daily Hammer uh, an actual hammer that you receive in the mail every day, or is it like a... A magazine or a newspaper. <laughs> right. So it could be 
a hammer that you like a, a subs, uh, like a Netflix based server. I don't think that analogy works anymore. We're talking about Netflix, like you get a thing at your house, uh, <laughs> like that old the ten years ago, like uh, like that with subscription service to an actual hammer. It could be like a, a catalog of hammer of hammers that you pick out oh. in a magazine, or it just could be a newspaper called the Daily Hammer. Like it could be that could be the. It could newspaper. have been any one of those things. Yeah, um. I, don't, I don't know which one it is, but uh, I'm choosing to believe it's just the hammer because she. <laughs> <laughs> she goes it's, to the door. It's with very the literal. Yeah, she's it's like, like, look, uh, I already got today's hammer. Yeah, like, exactly. That's the way. That's the way I interpreted it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, oh, by the way, uh, we are post identity reveal uh, territory. That's here. right. And her brothers yeah. are asking her to change. <laughs> yeah, go Mysticon. And I guess it's also relevant in the climax because they're Mysticons and everyone recognizes them. But yeah. for the most part, it's been not not a big deal <laughs> that everyone no. knows who they are. Everyone's just super chill about it. They're like, oh, yeah. And look, and they're just like, uh, what is it? Because wasn't it last episode too? They were just like walking around, but yet everyone knew they were Mysticons. And so they were just changing in public and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's almost like we could have done this 20 episodes ago and it wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) It's almost like superhero secret identity stuff is stupid. Okay. Anyway, we're just frustrated (laughs) from Miraculous. We're frustrated from Miraculous Ladybug. That's, that's okay. Um, Uh. we we got, uh, oh, we got Vexicons. Mallory's very into Drake City's Got Talent. Yes. Yeah. I liked uh, the, uh, what is it? You wrote it down and I did too. The Mage Please. Mage Please. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like okay um yeah but later about the drake city's uh got talent uh they hope the mean judge is extra mean that's what the bad guys say and i uh, want to get back before the elimination round yeah the elimination round yeah and then uh uh kasha likes when things get catty yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah okay. okay 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 kasha kasha also apparently is the teacher's pet because she like instantly revealed to proxima what was going on i know um, she was just like what we don't know what happened to her we left her like <laughs> Yeah, Proxima's like Kasha. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Um, so that was an interesting backstory for, for more for her. Oh, we had the montage of them making the new heart to the theme song. I, I thought, thought that was, was good. a good use of the theme song. So yeah, I, I liked, liked it. it. Like that we montage. also didn't get a transformation sequence. So Yay! Yeah. Yay! It's been, I think it's been a while. We didn't do one last episode, did we? No, so. we didn't. It's been, no, we've definitely cut down. But uh, the, we haven't cut down on the use of the theme song, and that's because it's great. <laughs> That's because fun. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so let's even more themes on. No, but probably we're fine. But yeah, uh, we had the uh, the parents come down and uh, it's we're like hiding from them. We put the blanket and Arcane is pretending to to be to like be snoring. snoring. <laughs> yeah, um, and then like P- Piper wanted pancakes. Um, oh yeah, same. Because. Yeah, uh, and decided yeah. waffles. But also, I think it's funny that Piper's upset that they're getting pancakes when Piper and Zarya aren't even quote unquote there. Like, <laughs> wait, are they? Uh... No, because they weren't at dinner with the family and they Where were just were like, they, they were dinner. hiding outside. And then oh. <laughs> that was the other thing that, like, I was like, why wouldn't I didn't they track just, that? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just show up with like Piper and Zarya too? Because even her mom's just like, oh, like, whenever. You, again okay so i was confused by this too because at dinner her mom was like oh yeah like you guys like staying up late and talking about boys like you used to and i was like wait i thought they didn't grow up together i'm so confused (laughs) oh yeah did did our cat arcana visited am at her hometown before episode six I don't know. No, oh, because her mom right? makes a big deal about her showing up yeah, with the, the princess. Yeah, the princess being, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Maybe, I guess we're talking about M with uh, a friend in general. Maybe. I guess. But she yeah, made it seem very well. like, like, oh, I remember when you two youngins were growing up kind of thing. So. 
Yeah, it's, also, it's, it's, it did come across like that, yeah. Also, I was um, very distracted during that whole dinner scene because they actually had the noises of, like, knives and forks sliding on plates, and I just was, like, grinding my teeth the entire time. <laughs> That's nails on a chalkboard equivalent, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Triggering. So triggering, trigger, triggering sounds. Very um, yeah, we're, we're bringing uh, Eartha to the the mill, and um, Eartha wants to be evil, and they're like, "Oh, they abandon you." And yeah, um, and then at the mill, um, ends ends very much another component we can get into. Ends very much about you decide. You have to decide whether you can be good. Well, and I think there's like a moment where Eartha is also talking about how she's just like, "But I don't want to be like a goody goody." Like she's like, "I want to be bad, and I want to be with my sisters," and then. They're just like, yeah, but your sisters like abandoned you, and then M's very much like, it's your choice, like yeah. you you choose. Yeah, which I I, I like. I think that's another component of her empathy is like uh, giving agency to to people she empathizes with. I think that's 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 a big part. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other part of the uh, I feel like they conveyed the uh, like racism against golems very well by th- this part where they're attacking Eartha, like she deflects it, and then like uh, things oh, come down, and so then mad. and then they're like the golems bringing down the whole mine. No, yeah. I I got so bad. I was like, no, the the mine is coming down because you're attacking the golem. Like yeah. you stop that. It was, it was that was a good good portrayal of that. Like that's it how it works. Well, and then what was the other? I got also got really annoyed because like it's very obvious that like M and like the like all of the Mysticons are trying to protect Eartha, but at no point does M's parents say "Stop! That's my daughter!" Like <laughs> they're just like, "Yeah, just keep attacking her." Hmm. Yeah, it seemed, seemed more there. concerned with uh, the brothers, but I guess we we trust M to take care of herself. Well, we know the favorite of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, devil twins, yeah. <laughs> Apparently they're the favorite. Um, we, ultimately, Mallory lies to Eartha, and that's what gets her to go mm. back with them. <laughs> Mallory, I thought, uh, like, I thought she was terrible in this episode, but, like, I thought it was really, like, well done how she, like, sort of manipulated Eartha into coming back with them. And, like... <clears throat> It's interesting because, like, even though she's seen, she's like a very sarcastic character. Like, you could even like feel the sarcasm and like like the lies in some of the lines that she delivered. And so, I thought that was like really well done on like the voice actress's part. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it it does come across really well of her like manipulative. Like, it's very fast that uh, that I guess she gets uh convinced to go to like go back with the Vexcons, but I guess at the same time she was never really with them in the in the first place or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I yeah, I it, it she, she yeah, Mallory does come across as very uh manipulative and that scene was uh I, I guess it was good. At first I was like, oh like what well she's going back with them. That that's it's kinda of fast. But she was never really committed in the first place. Yeah. She was so. like half committed. She really just wanted her sisters back, and Mallory played into that. Yeah, yeah. I still love you, Mallory, though, because you're <laughs> <laughs> even though you're terrible. It's she, she, was all, she was also great this episode. Well, there's even like a moment where she's just texting, like, "Oh, Mallory." She's always texting. Yeah, glyphing. Yep, Glyph- glyphing. Yeah. Okay, I think that's all I had for. We already talked about the ending stuff too. Um, yeah. Anything? Anything else, April? Um. Um, we got it's magic hour, and then we also got quicker than a flicker. When did so. we get it's magic hour? At the beginning, like right away. Yes, 
Like, not right, it. right away, but it was... Um, Which scene? The one we were fighting them in the Undercity? Yeah, when they were fighting them in the Undercity. And it was just before... Um, it was whenever they were just about to use their uh, their special powers and, like, uh, blast the Vexicons. It's and they're like classic it's, use. Yeah. It was very classic. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we need to try to track every It's Magic Hour utterance. Yeah, We don't get it every episode, so it makes me sad. <laughs> Oh, also, um, I noticed that Willow doesn't have a flying horse. (laughs) Yeah, she can fly already. She doesn't need it. (laughs) But then I was also very disturbed that all of the flying horse had teeth. Like (laughs) they had teeth. Ooh, I missed that. (laughs) Because there's like the one scene whenever like the the rubble like forms the arrow downward and there's like a close up on Mallory on the horse and the horse had teeth. And I was like, why does the horse have teeth? Like what? <laughs> it was kind of creepy. <laughs> I'll look for that. Yeah. We need more uh, backstory into <laughs> the, the Vexcon steeds. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Uh, the, uh, all for Heart of Stone. Thumbs up on the episode. Yep. Uh, yep. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Next week we have Monster Hunt. Uh, Piper feels like her friendship with Zarya is slipping away, so she hatches a scheme to fake a monster attack to get her attention. Oh, sweet Piper. Classic, classic Piper. <laughs> sweet, sweet Piper. But I this feel- means it's a Piper episode. <gasps> Hopefully it's like a good Piper episode. Yeah, we need, I we, we're desperate for Piper backstory. We're so desperate. Even like the one Piper backstory episode we got, it wasn't like too in depth or anything like that like, like we learned how she got to zarya but there's a hundred years of her life before that yeah what we did not know what happened i mean we also know she's in the circus from 11 but other than that we don't know anything no nope. so, let's go also the circus is like a we should need to delve into that you can't just bring that up and then <laughs> never yeah <get> that. <laughs> like let's explore the circus with piper yeah. we're at who's piper's family like let's, uh, where where's all of that i don't know I don't, you- i'm not convinced we're gonna get it from that description but you never know we're not going to get it, but I would also really enjoy an episode where the circus that Piper was a part of comes to town, and then all of the Mysticons want to go to the circus, but Piper does not want to go to the circus. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, no, but then they go, and they're like, oh, Piper, yeah, okay, I can say that. That seemed very plausible for an episode. Yeah. We're not going to get it. It's fine. <laughs> sad, sad face emoji, but we'll see what we get with Monster Hunt. Um, but yeah, we're down the home stretcher. Five episodes, the week after Monster Hunt, Princess and the Pirate. Oh man, that title. Ooh, we yeah. don't have a description yet, probably tomorrow. But yeah, it's gonna be, uh, we're, we're getting, getting into the thick of it here. We're, we, yeah, we're definitely gonna be weekly until the finale. Um, which, uh, will be in September if we stay on track here. And yeah, five episodes. Five episodes. And then this is it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, it's so sad. It's such that's, a great show. Yeah, tw- tweet start, <laughs> uh, we uh, tweet at Netflix uh, hashtag uh, Justice for Chaka. Yeah, and that's just, not that's the that's please. the campaign. That's the campaign we started. We we're previously tweeting that at Nick, but that doesn't seem like that's happening. So Nick doesn't care. We have to change course to Netflix here. <laughs> I don't know if we actually should start that campaign. Probably not going to do anything, but um, that would be the way to go. Okay, so. That's it. Let us know what you thought of Heart of Stone. Comments at OverlayAnimated.com on the YouTube video, um, OverlayAnimated.com slash YouTube. Um, and uh, check out our other stuff at OverlayAnimated.com. It's Voltron Weekend, and we're having two podcasts on Voltron Season 7. We did a two-hour podcast uh, last yesterday on um, all of Season 7. There's a lot to talk about. 
Uh, yeah, a lot of Voltron stuff. Um, you can. I heard there's fighting. <laughs> we weren't fighting with each other. We were fight- fighting the show. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yelling at the show. Um, join us on Discord to text chat about animation. Miss, this is the place to be for Mysticons at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Shin, aka uh, Shin Geki no Kyojin. And thanks as well to our patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Um, yes, we'll be back next week to talk more uh, Mysticons, um, Voltron, uh, no Miraculous Ladybug since they pulled the August episode script. (laughs) I can't believe that. Not not happening. So we'll see what else we're getting into. Uh, but check all that out and we will see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.